electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. Bring in show music, please. This is Squawk Pod. I'm CNBC producer Katie Kramer, and here's the podcast. Investors start the week optimistic in spite of high inflation, the expectation the Fed could hike rates for the first time since 2018, and the ongoing war between Russia and Ukraine. Joe, Becky, and Steve Leisman on all of that and the fallout of stiff Russian sanctions. Hard to imagine Putin agreeing to just about anything we could agree to. How about us ever doing business again with the guy who's, you know, the butcher of Ukraine? China is facing its worst COVID-19 outbreak since the start of the pandemic. It's having an impact on markets and sentiment there. Former FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb joins us. We really don't know how large the outbreak is in China right now. The big question is how much infection do they have and how long will this last? Those stories today, plus Tom Brady and the shortest retirement ever. I don't know why you wouldn't want him back. Makes the game more fun and you always want to root for the old guy. It's Monday, March 14th, 2022. Squawk Pod begins right now. Stand Becky by in three, two, one. Cue please. Good morning. Welcome to Squawk Box right here on CNBC. We are live from the NASDAQ market site in Times Square. I'm Becky Quick along with Joe Kernan and Steve Leisman. Andrew's off today. Steve, welcome. Good to be here. Good to have you here. Some concerning headlines, both uh, on the COVID front and when it comes to what's been happening in Ukraine. But if you take a look at what's been happening in the Treasury markets, you're going to see that the 10-year yield has been picking up. In fact, the 10-year this morning, 2.099%. That's the highest level we've seen since July of 2019. Two years also trading at the highest levels it's seen since 2019. Right now it's at 1.818%. Stocks in Hong Kong, though, selling off overnight, down more than 5% as investors try and monitor this latest wave of COVID infections in China since the end of the lockdown there in March of 2020. Big numbers that are coming out, at least for China, for what we've seen. This is a country that does not have a lot of natural immunity. Uh, there are questions about what, how effective their vaccines are, but we will have more on this in just a moment because it is leading to some concerns about the supply chain. And then if you take a look at what's been happening with crude oil prices, last week was a wild ride for the crude oil markets. WTI was up as high as $130 and change. It went down as, 100, as low as $103.63. And so many questions about what's happening with the supply chain in particular. I think that's what we're going to focus on today. I'm trying to figure out how the CPI is going to pick up a move to 130 and change and back down to 104. They they collect prices over the month. But do they follow crude prices or are they following they follow gasoline prices? Gasoline yeah, prices. Right, and gasoline right. prices will probably be probably be a little steadier. They'll be a little higher. steadier, but but it's been very volatile. It's been, it's been crazy. And who knows where the right price is because I don't know that they know what the situation is with Russian supply. After we talk about this COVID story, I've got some questions on what this means for the Fed down the road. Yeah, you and me both. Yeah. So now let's get to that COVID story, the outbreak in China. Major cities are rushing to limit business activity to control the spread of the virus. Manufacturing hub Shenzhen ordered all non-essential businesses to suspend production or have employees work from home for a week. Reporters say that includes Apple supplier Foxconn. The city has shut down public transit and has begun a third citywide round of testing. It has reported 
400 confirmed cases since late February. Shanghai has reverted schools to online classes. Some neighborhoods have been locked down pending mass testing. More than 600 cases have been reported there since late February. On Saturday, party officials reaffirmed their commitment to China's zero COVID policy, including strict lockdown measures. Here we go. And I mean, those are the questions. I have a hard time believing the numbers if it's 600 cases, if it's 9,000 in one city that's been right. reported at this point, but it's the zero tolerance policy that has changed things so drastically there. And when you look at inflation, a big part of the inflation picture is because of the supply chain woes. You've got stronger demand, but you've also got supply chain issues. And if this makes those supply chain issues continue, the Fed could be looking at higher inflation, but I don't know what they do about that if it's the supply chain. I, I don't know either, because what, what you have, I think you still have supply chain hangover from the Chinese New Year. Yeah. Right. There was that. We had one here where we had a big outbreak and we were just going to be on the other side of that. Um, and, and now you have inflation on top of inflation. I think, look, if you got rid of the idea that there was this horrible war happening in Ukraine and you looked at the 3.9 percent unemployment rate, you look at the inflation rate of 7.9 percent with, with certainty that more was coming down you could see the Fed doing 100 basis points at this meeting. Not Other than the impact on the market and the surprise, it would not be crazy to think right now of a 1% funds rate going to two or two and a half by the end of the year. But that's but. not the case because you do have the situation in Ukraine and the pain that that's meant for European countries in particular. Pain for point. European countries, the possibility that all of this ends up reducing aggregate demand, being some kind of uh, a growth slowdown where high prices end up influencing and hurting growth. You've got to put that into the fact of the uncertainty out there. So I think what's going to happen is Powell's going to move slowly and deliberately. And my new phrase that I'm thinking of is they are going to be data and geopolitically dependent. That's what the I think. Double combination. I mean, Joe, you mentioned this before. We know what Powell's going to do this time around, but there are so many weird factors that they got to put in at this point, too. Right. They got to go higher. Let's get get started. That, it's Omicron. It's, it, I'm looking at, at it right two, now. Right? Yeah, it's BA2 over it. In, in China? China? Which? Stealth Omicron. Are they as vaccinated? I mean, it. it they, they have Sinovac. I, I don't know how effective that one is. It's, it's a pretty, uh, it, it's a less, less lethal but more infectious even than Omicron. Right. But. Now you've got the situation in Shenzhen. You've got cases picking up in yeah. England again. And I, I, I don't know what that means, but especially in a place like China where there's the zero tolerance policy that's still there. I don't know what it means you know. if it, with, with a, an epidemic of BA2 would be widespread, but... Maybe not. As, but, but again, they are shutting things down over there, and that's going to impact right. us from the supply chain picture. Right. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that Tencent could face a record fine for violations of not maybe what you would think, but some... Chinese central bank regulations by its WeChat uh, pay mobile network of not knowing your customer. The report says regulators in China recently discovered uh, lapses in the company's compliance with know your customer money laundering rules. It found that the payment network facilitated the transfer and laundering of funds for illicit transactions, including gambling. Uh, the report says that the size of the fine is still being debated. A Tencent had been uh, largely, as I said, unscathed by China's tech crackdown uh, that began in late 2020. No one looks at my activities. <laughs> they might find evidence of some... Some. Some gambling. Perhaps. Some gambling there. Perhaps. Shocked. I finally got to the point where I was exhausted. It's like there's a few more games I just couldn't. I just no couldn't. moss. You actually I, push I just was like, oh, I can't think about it. I can't try See, I think I'm going to figure it out. I think if I look at enough stuff... 
that I'm going to figure it out. You're going to figure out your bracket picks? Is this what you're going to figure out? Oh, I've out? started that. I've started that. You mean figure out gambling? It's figure out just gambling. Yeah. To, to actually be up and stay up. Well, have You've you figured out the idea that the guys who are setting the odds and the prices are smarter than you? No. Because Still that's trying. the beginning point. I'll tell you what I figured out. They are out. smarter the, than The neatest you. thing that I figured out, honestly, is there can be a good and a bad team. But they will get, right. they will get the spread so exact that, you still that can't the teams are completely even. even. So you can have this perception, oh, my God, it's like, you know, you got Iowa playing, you know, some no-name, and they'll, put, they'll get the Seven points, points to where points, yeah. you, you're just as likely not going to cover as, as you are covering. So you have to so – see, there's really no – Is it that they're great actuarials? Is it that they're great points? I'm not – It's their business. It's their business. It's the same as investing. They also investing. gauge what's coming in. Yeah. It's the same as investing. It's what do you bring added value a- analytics to the table? What do you know about this team that those guys don't know? Right. And they don't not know a lot. I mean, I don't know. Diddly. There's times when, like, the two main players are out, and it's like, oh, damn it. I've already put the bet in. Yeah. Money line, you you bet $5 and you win $5.50. You know, you can't do the money line because usually they're right about who's going to win. Anyway. The tax on Kiev ramping up, this is what we were saying, as Russia and Ukraine resume talks. Uh, Joining us now, uh, Kayla Tausche with the latest on the situation in, in Ukraine and Washington's response. Good morning, Steve. There is new hope for these virtual ceasefire talks that are taking place today after Ukrainian negotiators say Russia has dropped its ultimatums. The Ukrainian foreign minister giving a press conference now will monitor that. But the war in Ukraine has reached NATO's doorstep with an airstrike on a Ukrainian military facility, killing 35 people over the weekend, just 10 miles from the Polish border, 35 miles from Lviv, until now a relatively safe enclave of the country that had become the West's diplomatic outpost. And while the U.S. has refrained from direct involvement inside Ukraine, officials are steadfast in the view that they will defend any and every inch of NATO territory, even in the case of accidental fire. And as NATO fortifies Ukraine's military arsenal, Moscow has turned to Beijing, asking China for military equipment as it embarks on a longer fight than anticipated. National Security Advisor Jake Sullivan is set to meet China's top foreign policy official in Rome. And on Meet the Press, Sullivan warned Beijing not to bail Russia out. We have made it clear to not just Beijing, but every country in the world, that if uh, they think that they can basically bail Russia out, they can give Russia a workaround to the sanctions that we've imposed, uh, they should have another thing coming, because we will ensure that neither China nor anyone else can compensate Russia for these losses. In a call Friday, CNBC has learned President Zelensky asked President Biden to close loopholes in existing sanctions and broaden the actions to blocking Russia's access to international waterways. Steve? Kayla, are are additional sanctions being thought of and planned, or is the administration at the moment sitting with what it's done? Well, certainly there are questions about whether the U.S. and the West could go for a full trade embargo. Of course, the EU hasn't been willing to do that for energy, uh, but that was one of the things that President Zelensky has been calling for publicly. There are also questions about whether there are alternatives for the nickel, titanium, uranium uh, that we and other countries get from Russia and whether the lack of those alternatives are what is keeping uh, some of these countries from actually acting against those. There's also a question of counter sanctions. Janet 
Yellen, the Treasury Secretary, last week said that uh, no actions on China are being taken just yet. Uh, but certainly that would be one of the more powerful tools that remains uh, in the U.S.'s toolbox. Okay, Kayla, thanks very much for joining us this morning. Sure. Not a whole lot happening today. They're not far from NATO territory. I don't know what the heck that means. 20 um, miles from the Polish border. Yeah. Those were some of the um, missiles that were launched um, hitting and Ukraine. And, and that raises all kinds of things, including the specter on these reports that the Russians have asked China for some help when it comes to the military side of things, maybe some weapons supp uh, supplies. And, and, and bringing in Middle Eastern fighters. It's, yeah. the whole we thing know is, what it's happens, what the U.S. reaction function is it was if on they again. hit a supply convoy. E oh, every square inch will be defended of NATO territory. But the every supply convoy inch. was already out. I think it was, it, had, it was past the border. Right, but right? what if they hit one? On the other side yeah. of the border? And we let it go? Uh, <laughs> let's not, I don't want to think. About no, 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 Becky, I want to think about it because yeah. I don't know what the market's thinking here. I don't know, like, like well, we're I was surprised to see the, the futures up 400. Right. I mean, what does the market think about when these sanctions come off? Do a little reporting on this and, and the sanctions may not go till Putin goes. Right. It's hard to imagine them going away. So and then the I don't know That's what the it's hard to imagine Putin agreeing to just about anything. Just about, agree to. But how about us ever doing business again with a guy yeah. who's, you know, the butcher of Ukraine? Yeah, but it was that was that the day where I saw the piece. Get rid of Putin and nothing changes. Well, that's another Putin's point. successor would face the same political and geographic conditions that led him to the confrontation. And something like 90 percent of Russians are believing the. That's all they I see. I saw 70. I was going to say they're, they're spoon-fed nothing but false It's inflation. Do you believe it as a former Russian? or Believe what? Any of the dribble. Of the... Yeah, none of it. How do they, I can't believe they believe anything over there at this point. Don't they have the Internet, Steve? You know, Joe... The Internet's that, not been effective can, at breaking I, through. This is what surprised me most of all. Your average Soviet person knew that whatever they saw on television, the opposite was most certainly true. Right. And now, I have a hard time like believing Like watching that, CNN over here almost. It, whatever, Joe. <laughs> whatever the situation now that they watch and they believe the propaganda they're coming, to me is anathema to what I knew about Russians, that they would always not believe the state. That was like a permanent sort of way of doing things. And then, you know, I, I, I got to say, we were, we were so naive, Joe. It, we, we thought the facts was going to change everything. There was this news agency called Interfax. Mm -hmm. And the idea that Interfax was out there and it was not TASS, right? And, and Interfax was going to be able to send information to everybody with a fax was going to mean that the authoritarian state could not reassert itself. That ended up not being the case. Mm -hmm. And coming up on Squawk Pond, the man who has guided us through a pandemic Scott Gottlieb warns the U.S. could see a COVID uptick. While the U.K. is seeing a bump up of infections right now, we'll get further into our spring before we start to see that happen here. So hopefully we buy ourselves a little bit of a backstop from the warming weather as well. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with P. Jim, a leading global asset manager. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll 
to after you graduate. Pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. This is Squawk Pod from CNBC. And it is mid-March, two years since the COVID-19 pandemic has changed so much. We are in a different place now in 2022. The number of new cases of the virus in the U.S. has waned down to its lowest level since last summer. 65% of Americans are vaccinated. But with concerning headlines today of a spike of new infections in China, the biggest outbreak since the pandemic began and the world watched massive lockdowns start in that country, here's a moment with former FDA Commissioner Dr. Scott Gottlieb from Squawk Box, March 4th, 2020. It's probably the case that we will have an epidemic here in the U.S., um, but we can dramatically affect the contours of that, how large it is, how long it lasts, based on the kinds of steps we take right now to mitigate spread. What has to happen? Well, they need to start implementing measures to try to engage in social distancing, things like canceling large gatherings, maybe having certain people work from home. Closing schools needs to be considered. Other countries have done that. Closing schools everywhere or just where these outbreaks Where the outbreaks are occurring, right. You want to, you want to target the places where you have uncontrolled spread to try to mitigate it. There's um, epidemic curves floating around right now among officials, both inside and outside government. Uh, And if you implement those mitigation steps very early, you can dramatically alter the contours of the epidemic, how large it gets, how long it lasts. So we're losing valuable time. We need to start thinking about these measures in the regions where there is spread right now. Wow. Uh, That was Dr. Scott Gottlieb on our air just a week before the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a global pandemic. Obviously, we've all seen a lot of Dr. Gottlieb in the last two years, the last two long years since that day. And joining us once again right now is the man who has guided us through it all. Dr. Gottlieb is the former FDA commissioner and a CNBC contributor who also serves on the boards of both Pfizer and Illumina. And Scott, that's the first time I had heard that playback from two years ago. Um, You were right then. You've been with us through the last two years. And we've all gotten to the point where we feel like things are better. We're kind of back out and things are normal. You hear these stories about what's happening in China right now, and it raises a lot of concerns and questions. China's obviously in a different position. They've had this zero tolerance policy, zero COVID policy, and that means they don't have the same natural immunity. But they are shutting down entire cities with tens of millions of people. And uh, we're trying to figure out what that means. What, What is happening? Well, look, we really don't know how large the outbreak is in China right now. They're they're recording thousands of cases. I think they're up to 3,000 cases a day right now that they've reported. Um, We don't know if there's tens of thousands of cases or hundreds of thousands of cases. The fact that they're shutting down major cities and they're confining people to their homes, what they're hoping is that the virus will burn itself out inside those households. But we know that the attack rate is very high for this virus inside households. People are going to get infected in those homes where they're confining people right now. And the big question is, how much infection do they have and how long will this last? Um, You're right. China has a population that's very vulnerable to this new variant. This is a much more contagious variant. It's going to be harder to control. And they don't have a population that has natural immunity. They haven't had a lot of infection in that population. And they haven't deployed vaccines that are very effective against this particular variant, this Omicron variant. And so they're very vulnerable to spread right now. They didn't use the time that they bought themselves uh, to really put in place measures that would prevent Omicron from spreading. What does this mean for the rest of the world? I mean, this is a different Omicron variant than we dealt with. This is BA2. But if we had widespread BA1 variant here, does that mean that we're protected against a situation like this? 
It does. Look, you're seeing an uptick across Europe, and I think that's causing a lot of anxiety here in the United States that we're going to see a surge of infection. I do believe we'll probably see a bump up of infections as we lift the mitigation, as BA2 starts to spread and become more prevalent, although it's pretty prevalent right now. It's probably 50 percent of all cases, for example, in Connecticut. And as you get some waning immunity from the boosters that people got over the winter. But I don't think it's going to be another major surge of infection. I think you'll see an uptick before you start to see continued declines heading into the spring and the summer. And in Europe right now, while we don't know what the ultimate trajectory is, I suspect that after you see these bumps up in cases in state in countries like Germany and the UK, you'll start to see continued declines. It's probably a combination of lifting mitigation, some declining immune protection from the vaccines that people had, as well as BA2 becoming more prevalent that's causing this bump up of infections. One final point, remember, we're probably about three or four weeks behind the UK. So while the UK is seeing a bump up of infections right now, we'll get further into our spring before we start to see that happen here. So hopefully we buy ourselves a little bit of a backstop from the warming weather as well. I was going to say, do you think we necessarily follow? I know we've been about four weeks behind every time something happens in England, but we are dealing with a different situation where it's just raged through and you're dealing with better weather. Is there a chance that we avoid a spike at all? I think we'll probably see some kind of bump. I think we're probably going to see that within the next couple of weeks as we lift mitigation. You're going to see some increase in cases. We have dramatically lifted the restrictions that we had in place, and so it's going to flow through, and BA2 is becoming more prevalent. But again, I don't think it's going to be a dramatic increase in cases. It's going to cause a lot of anxiety as you start to see cases tick up. There's going to be a lot of people who are worried that this is the beginning of another surge. But given how much infection we have, we've had, given how vaccinated we are, I, I think that's going to be a pretty good backstop against uncontrolled spread here. One final point, when you look at countries like Germany, places where they had a lot of Omicron spread, so regions where they had a lot of Omicron spread, they have less spread right now. So we know from the data that Omicron is about 95 percent protective against subsequent infection with BA2. That immunity lasts at least 90 days and probably upwards of six months. So given the fact that we've had so much Omicron spread, that's going to be a pretty good backstop against really rapid spread of this BA2 variant. Dr. Gottlieb, uh, Joe just told me that he played golf every day. He had uh, Omicron. Before he knew. Uh, I, before I knew. I, yeah, before I, I worked knew. and played guitar most of the time that I had Omicron. Before we, you knew. <laughs> no, no, when I knew. You during, but when you were I, playing guitar no, out, out in public places. Right, no, in public places, in my house. Protecting you from yourself. In, in my house, protecting other people from my playing guitar at home. But here's the thing. Are we here? Is this it? Is this the Omicron is the cold slash flu thing and each variant's going to be, oh, well, there's another one coming through and I'm at risk of getting sniffles and maybe a fever. Are we, are we here now? Well, look, there's no guarantee that a new variant is going to be less virulent. There's no law of virology that says that this virus is going to mutate in the direction of becoming less virulent rather than more virulent over time. Delta, in fact, was a mutation in the direction of a more virulent strain. Delta was more contagious than the original ancestral strain. Now, if, if uh, BA2 or Omicron does become the dominant lineage, you have a population that has a lot of immunity to it, either through vaccines or infection or both. And we know that Omicron on the whole is a less virulent strain. So if this, in fact, does become the dominant lineage and this is what persists and future mutations are within this Omicron lineage, there is a good chance that this recedes into being something that's more mild, not only because of the innate qualities of the virus itself, the fact that it's more virulent, but you have a population now that has a lot of baseline immunity and 
even though we're going to be passing around this infection, we're not going to get very sick. And look, this is the benefit of the vaccines. There was another study out in the last 24 hours from Finland showing 96, 98 percent protection against hospitalization and severe disease in an elderly population over the age of 70 that was fully vaccinated and boosted. So the vaccines are quite protective, preventing symptomatic and severe disease. Dr. Gottlieb, thank you. Um, I wish we didn't have to still have these conversations, but uh, we do appreciate your being here and continuing to tell us what's happening. Great to see you. Thanks a lot. It's pie day. It's also Einstein's birthday. How far can you go out in pie? 3.14. 159. You used to know longer. 3.15. I used to know longer. Did you know it was Einstein's? How that's weird, isn't it? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's super cool. And my son told me that yesterday. 3.14159. Regions where they had a lot of Omicron. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod, Tom Brady not retiring after all. I, what? I was ecstatic. I really I was. I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. Days. We're back after this. So given the fact that we've had so much Omicron spread, that's going to be a pretty good backstop against really rapid spread of this BA2 variant. Dr. Gottlieb, uh, Joe just told me that he played golf every day. He had... Uh, Omicron. Before he uh, knew. I, Before I knew. I, I, I worked and played guitar most of the time that I had Omicron. Before we, you knew. <laughs> no, no, you when I knew. Daring, but when you were I, playing guitar no, out, out in public places. Right, no, public places. In, in my house. Protecting you from your in, in my house. Protecting other people from my playing guitar at home. But here's the thing. Are we here? Is this it? Is this the Omicron is the cold slash flu thing and each variant's going to be, oh, well, there's another one coming through and I'm at risk of getting sniffles and maybe a fever. Are we, are we here now? Well, look, there's no guarantee that a new variant is going to be less virulent. There's no law of virology that says that this virus is going to mutate in the direction of becoming less virulent rather than more virulent over time. Delta, in fact, was a mutation in the direction of a more virulent strain. Delta was more contagious than the original ancestral strain. Now, if if, uh, BA2 or Omicron does become the dominant lineage, you have a population that has a lot of immunity to it, either through vaccines or infection or both. And we know that Omicron on the whole is a less virulent strain. So if this, in fact, does become the dominant lineage and this is what persists and future mutations are within this Omicron lineage, there is a good chance that this recedes into being something that's more mild, not only because of the innate qualities of the virus itself, the fact that it's more virulent, but you have a population now that has a lot of baseline immunity. And even though we're going to be passing around this infection, we're not going to get very sick. And look, this is the benefit of the vaccines. There was another study out in the last 24 hours from Finland showing 96, 98 percent protection against hospitalization and severe disease in an elderly population over the age of 70 that was fully vaccinated and boosted. So the vaccines are quite protective, preventing symptomatic and severe disease. Dr. Gottlieb, thank you. Um, I wish we didn't have to still have these conversations, but uh, we do appreciate your being here and continuing to tell us what's happening. Great to see you. Thanks a lot. It's Pi Day. It's also Einstein's birthday. How far can you go out in Pi? 3.14. I used to know longer. But yeah. Did you know it was Einstein's? But how that's weird, isn't it? That it's I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. That's super cool. And my son told me that yesterday. 3.14159. Cheese will be next. Next on Squawk Pod, Tom Brady not retiring after all. What? I was ecstatic. I really was. I couldn't believe it. I was so happy. We're back after this. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. 
Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. You're listening to Squawk Pod from CNBC. Today with Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Steve Leisman sitting in and maybe a little rusty. See the NASDAQ up yeah. about 50 points this morning. The S&P up. Uh, oh, beautiful. 29. That's We're great. Doing a live show here. Um, oh. <laughs> hey, what was happening? Greco Free was telling me Fisher stories. Uh, movers. Uh, don't mind, Steve. It's all good. I literally said what when I read this yesterday. You, you did? Yeah, what? I was... Ecstatic! I really I was. I couldn't believe it. I was so I was happy. Sad. I, I was I happy. I think it's awesome. I was happy, but I, I couldn't believe it. Like, he's not as healthy. He's as, as healthy. He had one of his best years ever last year. His health is fine. Tom Brady retirement lasted 40 days. People hate him because he won. You know, there were. If you're a seven, if you're a seven-time Super Bowl champion, there's seven fans or seven. seven there's teams bases. of seven yeah. fans that, that, that hate this guy announcing on twitter and instagram that he realized his place is still on the field and not in the stands and he will return to tampa for his 23rd season uh last season 44 year old up brady led the nfl <laughs> led the nfl in passing yards touchdowns completions pass attempts uh, but lost at home to the Los Angeles Rams in the divisional round. I know about losing to the Los Angeles Rams because it, it happened to some other to your teams team. too. But um, I, I don't I, I don't know why you wouldn't want him. No, back, makes the game more fun, and you always want to root for the old he's guy. Not, he's so much younger than you are. But he's not past the we've age. We've seen of guys come That's back. That's not not Joe, Tom Brady. Doesn't count. Not right. Tom Brady. Well, he you won the Super guys, Bowl last year. I, I didn't like the way he got tossed around in that Los Angeles game. Well, so that's not his fault. They got to no, 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 no. get some offensive for a line. Four-year-old and, guy getting hurt. Bring in some. Get, they got to draft some 350-pound line. I bet they promised him just about anything he wants to right. come back. Look, we'll I wish sure him he well. doesn't need anything. He just needs a big line. He needs an offensive line. We've just seen guys come back and. They, yeah, they, that initial idea of maybe I'm done. Though. I wasn't ready to let when, it, when Me, I'm not care about me. It's just like that initial idea of I'm ready to retire. I should do it. But he I'm sh- afraid that I, might I, be. I, the, I maybe you're right, Joe. He wasn't right. retiring because of, you just heard the stats. They were so, unbelievable. Right. Unbelievable. And there's something about retiring when you're on top. That would be good. certainly be on top. And I like, what do you say, LFG? I had to look that up. I thought that was like uh, liquefied natural gas. What is it? Let's effing go. <laughs> it's not liquefied. I, I hope he has a great season. <laughs> I had to look up. I think that's what it means. I came BTFD. up with that. I didn't actually look it up. I, I came up with it. I had to look it. up BTFD this week. I couldn't figure out that. Oh, BTFU. Sorry. I didn't know what that was. Uh, oh, the, is that when you do something to no, someone? No, it's just back. Back up, basically. Oh. Back up with yeah. a couple of TFs in there. Yeah, I got okay. it. I hope he has a great season. Tampa's my second favorite team. It is? Yeah. Oh, because you spent time down there I, working there. in Tampa. Right. Love Tampa. Saw the Super yeah. Bowl in Tampa. Well, you, you finally you're, you have a lot to be 
optimistic I about. I hope he comes back. Anyway, no, I'm talking I, I about your, read your top Joe. team. No, you don't. You're, I'm I don't. talking about your top team. My top team is it, one is, I don't really want to admit publicly. They're great now. They, Who? The New York Giants? Buffalo? No. Why? You went to the University of Buffalo? I know, but I'm born and raised a Giant fan. Giants? Yeah, oh, right? Yeah, I don't want to mention that. I didn't either. want to say it. Yeah, you made okay. me say it. All right, sorry. I thought it was, I thought it <laughs> was Buffalo. Love them. At least it's not the Jets. And that is the pod for today. Thanks for starting your week with us. Squawk Box is hosted by Joe Kernan, Becky Quick, and Andrew Ross Sorkin. Thanks to Steve Leisman for sitting in today. Squawk Box is on CNBC every weekday morning, starting at 6 a.m. And to get the smartest takes and analysis from our TV show right into your ears, follow Squawk Pod wherever you get your podcasts. We'll meet you back here tomorrow. We are clear. Thanks, guys. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation.